off the record, on the rocks. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Off the Record, On the Rocks with my buddy, Mr. On Carino Mara. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How about you? Happy summer. Happy summer. We are we are in in July. It's heating up for sure. Uh, doing well. Coming off of my post NFT NYC COVID, feeling back to being a human again, and excited to catch up with you on on all things Web three, crypto, metaverse markets. Um, I think the there's been a lot of a lot of happenings. Uh, some would call it a bear market. We'll get into all of this. I think one of the last times we talked about, we were seeing this, uh, this massive depegging happening and the fall of Terra Luna and all of the, uh, sort of stuff, the, the hiding, <laughs> the, the seeking shelter in, in Singapore and, and not being able to get in touch with these guys and them, you know, the lawsuits that are then unfolding. I'm going to kick it straight to you for what have you been seeing in the, in the, in the crypto markets, what's happening and what does, you know, what does all of it mean as we head into the hot summer? Well, you know, it's, it's an interesting time. It's like a holiday sale, 4th of July sale across the boards. Crypto has never been easier to get. It's never been cheaper to get. Uh, prices have come down. Rumor of bear markets being thrown around. Um, you're seeing, I, I think, something that was that no one expected, which is, you know, when you know when you drain the bath or whatever the terminology is, you get to see all the, you know, the dirt and all the toys that don't wash on the drain, and everyone gets sort of stuck, right? You, you can't get out and you can't go down the drain. You're just sort of there waiting, uh, and we're seeing that when Terra Luna crumbled, uh, well, there's a whole bunch of other people in this house of cards that went down. You and I talked about APYs that they are marketed for these DeFi projects that are seemingly insane, 30%, 40%, 180% or whatever it is. Well, when that all disappears, when you realize that was all completely fake, and let's not use the word just yet, but you're, I think, going to start hearing the word Ponzi thrown around quite a bit when it comes to um, some of the liquidity issues of these guys. But then Three Arrows Capital gets exposed, and they get exposed because they're now lending to all these other places. So then Voyager is exposed. Chapter 11 bankruptcies are going to become the new thing you're going to hear right after Ponzi. Uh, all of a sudden, it filters out into the real world where real banks, uh, banks in Canada, banks in China, places are freezing withdrawals. That's another thing you're going to hear. Ponzi, lawsuit, Chapter 11, freezing withdrawals. Um, and people joke, you know, it's like we've it, the world on Twitter, the world on the web has been talking about, hey, when the bear market signal starts to come in, Get your money off of centralized exchanges, or rather get your cryptocurrency, get your tokens, get, get control of your ledger. You don't have your keys. You don't have your cheese. Uh, right. <laughs> and when uh, and then as, as it cascades down, it's like, well, now I think the real indicators are, you know, a bear market or, or the throwing in of the towel, the bear market beginning. I think a lot of people get scared of, of but a person, I think it's an exciting time. I mean, not, not to... Um, to diminish the losses that people take. I mean, of course, everyone suffers when the markets go down, but it really does shake out a lot of the nonsense. Um, you know, it even reminds me, like, uh, Elon Musk is still back in the news because you know, he's like, I don't want to buy Twitter. It's like, yeah, as soon as you go in, like, you see these guys who are these capital restructuring companies and they're talking to Terra, they're talking to Voyager, and they're like, hey, 
maybe we can do a debt restructuring. Like we want to work with you. And then they actually see their books and their answer yeah. is no, no thanks. we don't want to work with you. You guys don't even have a business model. So when Elon was like, wait a second, how many of these accounts are Twitter bots? I don't want to buy this thing. These guys are looking at these companies and saying, wait, you have how much crypto and how much cash? Holy shit. You are so upside down. You, you can't be saved. And so I think that that's shaking out in the bear market, which is a natural part of the cycle. It's that wildfire in the forest before the, the fire follower flowers start to grow up out of that burned soil. Um, it's going to take some time. I don't know how long you think we're going to sit in this bear market, but I think what we're going to see is a lot of the shit projects go away. People who then learn from the mistakes, try to bring in some new projects and Hey, you know, when you're in a bear market, a lot of uh, things get cheaper to buy, including, cryptocurrency as well as companies. Um, I don't know. I, how long do you think this bear market is going to last? And like, what do you see some of the side effects, the collateral damage coming from it? I have said September. I've said the fall, which is, is a very short cycle to, to get us out of the summer into what then I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it would be a, uh, a, a full bull market run, but I, I think at that point, there's there's no more talk of recession. Let me go to that point. Um, I, I want to pick up on something you said, and, and then I'll continue the thought. But yeah, when the tide goes out, you, you see who's you know who's not wearing pants, right? Like, and and <laughs> the cascading the and the cascading effect that you described of they were just the first domino, and then it is now cascading into all these other companies. I just got the news alert today. You you called it here. And in addition to Ponzi schemes, this is Celsius has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection rather than mm. liquidation. The lender claims to have 167 million in cash. So they're saying we're filing for bankruptcy. We've got 167 million left and they're going to continue to freeze the customers withdrawals. So same thing. This is supposed to be a decentralized exchange. They're one of the largest crypto lenders. They've got eight billion in loans out to clients, and how now they can't—they're—they're they're insolvent. They couldn't pay that if everybody came knocking. Everybody should remember this. This is the housing bubble, right? A anyone who got their economic lesson during that—that that cycle, you now you're just applying the same thing to an unregulated crypto market where all these lenders got stood up, people borrowing and selling and trading, but there was there was no central, and in fact, there is no central authority that creates the counterbalance of those, you know, to make sure that people have enough cash on the books. And this is what the regulators do. This is what the banks now have to go through on a quarterly basis to make sure they've got enough cash to ensure your withdrawal, right? So when you say it's going to reach to the real world, it's interesting to me to see the real world, the big companies, we've also talked about this, the JP Morgans mm. dipping their toes into the metaverse, the, uh, the Disney's now setting up acceler accelerator programs to invest in and accelerate web three NFT and augmented reality technology, including polygon, the most popular layer two, Disney just yesterday announcing this accelerator program to bring these technologies together. So what am I hearing? It's bear market. All anyone who was out there without pants on is being exposed. And what are the guys who are still sitting on piles of cash doing? They're pumping selling bathing suits. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Like it's it's exactly it. Um and they're piling the money in because 
everything is on sale. I, I think discounts in July, Christmas in July, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. It is, it is absolutely, uh, it's where I'm focused as well is, is keep building. This is another cycle. And when you ask me when we're going to come out of it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my, my bet on that September date only because cyclically you look at the markets, that's been the standard. You sort of see this drop off through the summer, businesses get back to work, people get back to school. Hopefully we're, we're out of this next phase of the pandemic. All of that is no matter what, we are just walking straight into the next cycle. If we're in a bear market, if we're in a recession, I don't care what you call it. We are walking straight into the next cycle, which will be built on the backbone of cryptocurrencies and decentralized technologies and everything that Disney's investing in. Bingo. Voila. That's why they're buying it, because that's where we're going. Do you think that it was were any of those companies in the Disney accelerator? Because I, I had some experience with that just 10 years ago. The Disney Accelerator, of course, wasn't Web3 focused. I want to say it was called Techstars at the time. I don't know if this is similarly named, but um, but they were basically squarely focused on social and like what would be the startups that are in social that are building businesses and communities off of the APIs, off of the backs, frankly, of places like Meta, you know, Facebook and Twitter. Um, but to think that to see that they're or to hear rather that they're fully Web3 focused is exciting. And were any of those companies in the play to earn space, you know, the more traditional PTE, B2E space? No, no. I wonder if Disney will stay, stay clear of that. Cause there is, there was, you know, when you think about the like access to crypto across different demographics, we've often talked about crypto and gaming and how that's something that seems like it's obvious because Gaming already has the mechanic built in where you are earning some vir- virtual currency, you're buying virtual goods, upgrades, et cetera, right? There's sort of an understanding of how that works already built in, even for kids 10 years old. Uh, but there was a huge misstep that happened with Axie and losing the confidence of people where they lose $690 million. I mean, in that one fell swoop, Axie lost four times the cash holdings of Celsius. Like when you start to think about the comparisons of these kinds of things, you know, a $600 million hack to, to Axie infinity, you might think would take it down, but they did was they just released an Axie two token and said, Hey, we're back and we're healing and we're better than ever. Like keep putting your money (laughs) in, which sounds, you know, not to be too throw too much shade, but like wildly disingenuous. Uh, and then you look at Voyager, who's like, hey, or uh, Celsius, we have 170 million, but we have $8 billion in loans. And I don't even know what that is, the math on that. Is that like barely over 2%, maybe 2%, 3% or whatever? Like there is no scenario that they're paying anybody back. To, to them, 170 million is nothing. You know, uh, and yet, if, they, if all these companies actually end up paying out or, or not paying out and filing Chapter 11, as I understand it, there are still scenarios that these CEOs and these original founders still actually make out with some cash. They basically just default on all their debts, have the American taxpayer save them, and then uh, and off to the next project, which, of course, makes me feel like total trash. But um, but one of the things that I've also seen, and this is something that maybe we can uh, to come, to come d- drill deeper on, is the, like you said, the spreading of the, of the effect, the way that, that, that real, like, real institutions – 
are feeling the, 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 the pressure of the fallout of digital. So it goes to show that when you talk about DeFi, which is supposed to be decentralized, literally every company that we bring up the name of is supposed to be decentralized. Whether or not they call themselves DeFi or not, they're supposed to be decentralized because they're working on the blockchain. But they're not. In fact, they're all centralized. As far as we talked about this many times, as, as long as the company has a human being running it or the project, it has a phone number, an email address, <laughs> and or a, an address to go roll up a Suburban and knock on the door and say, hey, what's up, guys? And they're they're going to be tapped and they're going to be gotten to. If it isn't a hacker coming in, it's going to be a government regulator or some kind of administration that's going to come in and get them. So if there really is no DeFi, if it's all centralized DeFi, then it made a lot of sense why the guys like Voyager and Celsius would say things on their website like, we are FDIC insured. There's a big story about this, this misleading FDIC designation. They're now looking this. to kind of do the, the class action where they're like, wait a second, you never had FDIC says the FDIC. But if you read the small print, it sort of like alluded to them maybe trying to go get it or I don't know what, but they didn't have it. <laughs> they but had it's the like, logo wait, up there. <laughs> but you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're a DeFi company, but you need the FDIC. And so the, the, the two of those things are, it's a full, it's a full, it's an oxymoron. They don't, they don't coexist ever. So as soon as one goes down, it's like, yeah, as soon as everything is booming, Right. It's like as soon as we're making money or in a bull market, everyone's profit sharing. It's all APY and everyone's laughing. Everything's great. We don't want to talk to any regulators like everyone go away. We talking about <laughs> we're good. And as soon as, as soon as everything craters, yeah. and you're in a bear market. Like, guess what? There's no there's no such thing as loss sharing. Right. No one talks about that. Suddenly we're like, oh, call the government, call someone to come save us because so this happened and this happened. And it was out of our control. And I find that that to be this like kind of amazing, again, it's an amazing this paradox of the way these two things exist to where I think that the Walt Disney Company is smart to try to steer themselves into things like Metaverse, probably steer the things into not, nothing that's even remotely close to DeFi or centralized yeah. decentralized finance. It's just going to be people wanting to innovate as opposed to people wanting to just be greedy and steal people's money, to be totally frank. And I think that that is when we look back the the lens of history, you look at 2020 through this 2022 mark um, as like that, the, the first big wave of NFTs, all the PFP projects, the rugs. I mean, even the language that we used coming out of uh, these this crazy discord world of NFTs and, and what that meant for these projects, even calling them projects, right? They weren't companies, they were projects yeah. in the... At the end of the day, you come out of that and it does, again, everything we've talked about is leading back to regulation. It's leading back to the centralized. It's leading back to the Microsofts and the Disneys and the Apples of the world who are just getting geared up. It's almost like they were waiting for that bottom to fall out because that's when you enter the market. That's how you then ensure the upside in many ways. Um, and then I'll bring it straight back around to the regulation and the crypto world, which is the you, something you talked about and originally, you know, kind of piqued my interest in with CBDCs and how you can take that same decentralized technology and now truly bring it into a quasi-regulated or fully regulated function with the the, the centralized. Uh, <laughs> uh, coins, right? And I, I know I sent you one of the articles about what um, was a exactly France, where think, right? Bank of France, yeah, that yeah. Um, the the BDF has kicked off the second phase of ex its 
experimentation into a wholesale central bank digital currency, which could be used to streamline domestic and cross-border transactions between banks. And so there you've got France now stepping into saying, all right, we're moving to phase two. <laughs> we're ready to keep going on this because we think we might need it soon. Right. That's yeah. What I and, hear and, I think that. That, and I think that the CBDC thing, you know, as we talk, really, eventually the governments are going to need to control the on ramp and the off ramp uh, to this place, uh, to, to these stores of value um, and to have a digital currency, which, you know, what they don't talk about, I don't think yet is how are we going to back it? Like, what are we going to tie it to? Um, I've heard a bunch of new terms that they're using, but really what I think I would like to see is like, you know, if you can't do a President Bukele, like in El Salvador, and just say, we are making Bitcoin the official currency, this to me is like the, is that it's the first baby step towards that, right? The, the Macron is not going to come out and just say the franc is gone, the euro is gone, the, the whole notion of that is gone. We're going to go full Bitcoin. Uh, there's a lot of other EU-related things, I'm sure, that they have to be considered when, you know, a single country wants to do something so radical. But if you're not saying Bitcoin, and if you're not saying franc, and you're not saying euro, and you're saying CBDC, I feel like that gets you to this place, it's a safety, right? It's like, it's a it's a bit of a, of a, you have a bit of immunity to people criticizing you because it isn't threatening anything that currently exists, since it itself doesn't exist. Right. So when you create that as the Bank of Franks, CBDC, it's like, well, this never has existed. We're never taking anybody else, this is our own <laughs> thing. And now we're going to utilize this with our citizens to then onboard you to something which I would hope is going to be a, a Bitcoin blockchain backed thing. Since when you think about Bitcoin and how long it's been around and how people try to hack it, they don't. It, it, like there's a, it's very sturdy. Uh, yet every one of these companies slash projects um, slash DAOs, we might want to talk about how the, the effect of the DAO now, uh, the effect of the downturn in the market on DAOs. So I think that sort of calls into question if like how useful is that at all? Because it's almost like yeah. central centralizing light. It's like, well, we don't we don't have a head and a an address, but we have a coalition that can still be got to. But um, I think that that's something where this is going to, um, you know, it, it's going to create an environment where the crypto is going to be the the narrative will be one hundred percent stolen by central administrations, countries. Uh, my only fear is that they suddenly run with it in a direction that's totally insane. And then they get hacked, right? You, every other project we've talked about has been hacked, socially engineered, rug pulled, except for Bitcoin. So as they bring up CBDCs, I just want the one question I want to know is how are you building this? What's the Yeah, blockchain? what do you run it on? What's being, what are you running on and how's it being secured? Because it's all fun and games and you throw your acronyms around you want to get reelected. But um, I hear you your know, Bitcoin maxi in there. I'm just telling you every I'm time you bring to it back it to you, where is it being built on it? Where is it being built? That's um, right. <laughs> Just this week, U.S. Treasury. So switch from France now over to Washington, okay. D.C., sister city. Uh, U.S. Treasury invites public to provide input on President Biden's crypto order. So Department of Treasury has uh, signed an order uh, directing a number of government agencies to basically collect the feedback. <laughs> you know, this, and again, I remember this from the Reg FD days where you then go out and you sort of now do this official quote unquote mm. call and you bring Coinbase in and there might be hearings. We probably won't get to that until about September, by the way, you know, you yeah. think about what's on the docket and what, what the justice department's dealing with and all this other stuff. Like 
line, start lining up these timelines when they start filing in these same companies that we talked about who had to do KYC with their customers to know the on and off ramps. And I'm talking specifically about Coinbase in that mm-hmm. respect. And, and you start lining them up. You've, you've now put out this public order. We're going to go and collect feedback. The feedback's being collected. The order's being written. The legislation's probably, you know, 80 to 90% of the way written. Now you do, <laughs> you, now you do the pomp and circumstance. Now you bring everybody through and you make sure that everybody, the public, let me put it that way, the public sees that Coinbase agreed to this and the Federal Reserve agreed to this. Therefore, it must be good for everybody, right? No. Who's, yeah. who's, it, who's it good for? It's good for Coinbase and it's good for Uncle Sam. I mean, that's... Well, there's a, a, a few comments on that too, because what it sounds like, Michael, what you're saying is, is that we just were conscripted into a DAO. We basically, we basically, not unlike a military draft, not not unlike a military draft, we just got a a, a notice saying, hey, you're part of this DAO called United States of America's new crypto programs, and we want your feedback. And your your ignorance to this form (laughs) is a signal of your acceptance of all of its terms. So it makes it really, really easy to say, well, we sent out a survey to everyone and everyone had a chance to answer. And it turns out this is what everybody wants. And he'd say, okay, so that's why the only people invited to Washington are Coinbase and Sam Bankman-Fried right. the people and they the need. FTX people and, the, and everyone who's playing on sides, everyone who's down with KYC, everyone who loves getting the phone call and the government says, do something. And they say, fine, I'll do it. Like these are the people who are all the pushovers. Um, so I, I think that it's going to, potentially be i mean i just hope that the industry can support itself you know that the 10 people that they've already identified they want to bring are not going to all be in chapter 11 bankruptcy by the time the hearings happen because <laughs> <laughs> it may be that like even the guy from robin hood is no longer invited because ftx acquires them you know that the, the, the landscape between now and let's just say september october like whenever these hearings start because it's going to happen the landscape is going to shift so dramatically that the invite list might shift so dramatically. We may actually end up seeing a whole nother separate survey um, about what's gonna happen, but uh, yeah, and it's coming fast. We, it just makes me picture, like when you just said those hearings are gonna happen, like I pictured on the screen and it and I and the flash I had in my mind was of Zuckerberg. And, and mm-hmm. why? Because he's had a lot of practice at this. He's already had to answer these questions with Facebook. And so who's getting a jumpstart, right? Think about that. We haven't talked about our boy Zuck in a while, but they are pushing, pushing, pushing. One of the things I saw today, this is somewhat unrelated, but I can tie it easily back to this metaverse. In fact, he did. (laughs) I think today on Zuckerberg's Instagram, um, have I, I don't know if I've shown you or talked to you about the Dolly, the AI generate uh, generator. It's a, a general adversarial neural AI where you can put in a text prompt and it will spit yes. out uh, a picture. I think we talked about this. I got access yeah, to we, we didn't talk about it. I might have sent you one, but they're not called crayon, but it's the same idea. And it, it, it works yeah. kind of okay. Yeah, it works okay. So check Zuck's story on Instagram today. Meta unveiling its first create a scene or build a scene, make a scene, I think is what they're calling it. And he says in the description, this will be important as creators begin to build their 3D immersive worlds. So now Mm. you can just walk onto this thing and describe, I would love to be, you know, at a beach resort with two, uh, two 
towels dangling from the chair and an umbrella and a drink in my hand. And now mm-hmm. the world can be generated programmatically using AI and put you directly into this 3D immersive world. Who's getting a head start? <laughs> Zuckerberg knows the world that's being built in this metaverse. And, you know, it's interesting. We haven't seen them with their latest play in the payments side of it, on the currency side, on the uh, the Libra, like whatever happened with their payment mechanism, unless they're just going to simply rely on the existing market currencies. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it might be. I, it's, so, it's so fascinating, the story. I hadn't seen it yet about Meta doing the, the generative AI. Because I had played around Crayon for a while, and before that, the Dolly, and found that it's only effective for trending memes in a way because it goes and relies on cached content that's popular in images yeah. but that doesn't go look inside of facebook's walls in meta because that is a walled garden so when you think about I th- that there's statistics i don't even know what to believe anymore what's true about how many hours of video are uploaded every second to youtube or how many images or videos are uploaded to meta and instagram They're, the numbers are astronomical right. are all those things useful probably not but there's plenty of stuff that is so when i when i think about what you kind of made me think about Zuck's strategy here because the strategies have always seemed insane at the time. And then as they played out, they've seen, they've then revealed themselves to be crazy savvy. He's a young guy. People criticize him for all kinds of things. When he bought um, uh, Instagram for $2 billion, people thought he was a psychopath. When he bought, you know, WhatsApp for 19 billion, a couple of years later, the, the, the double, you know, the, the 10 Xing of that, it was like unfathomable. Um, when he changed the name of the company to Meta, people are like, what the what? fuck is wrong with you? Yep. And then yep. you start thinking, well, maybe if I change the name of the company to Meta, I take a hard left at people talking about Libra or talking about cryptocurrencies and payments. Let's just leave the payment talk and the DeFi talk and the currency talk to these other people. We're Meta. We yeah. own Oculus. We have 3D experiences. We're going to have AR experiences. We're going to let our own users generate them that story that kind of flew by that i think we touched on once or you mentioned it a couple times ago was instagram having a way for you to basically nftify with one button a mint of your post and then of course use their promote uh, software to then promote your new nft post or however they're going to call it your your minted moment and then be able to sell that now maybe your minted moment you don't want it to be like you and your boys having beers in the backyard but your minted moment is you and your boys on the yacht with this you know sunset and the whole whatever and i have fully ai generated that and it's going to get to a point where today when you play with crayon and you play these things they look almost like weird you know surrealist paintings yes but that's sort of the the the, the, the stick of it right now people like like that it's a mashup of two totally um, incongruent things. But now imagine time passes and that little AI hit a button and suddenly you and I are on the boat fishing. It's 4K quality with depth of field and anyone glancing at it to the casual eye would be like, that's real. Exactly. And that's us in the metaverse on your yacht with your board ape face on. Yeah, I mean, I just, (laughs) these conversations are, are always so much fun, but to pull this all away from what's happening in the crypto market the decline of these coins to what you just described, which is this blurring of digital and physical. Again, these things are all interrelated. Um, I think I sent you my tweet the other day or from last night yes. where I just like listed out like all of these things that I'm, I'm 
I'm reading about and I'm participating in and I'm learning about and seeing and watching and observing and analyzing the market. It's computer vision, AI, robots, self-driving cars, electric vehicles, NFTs, cryptocurrency, the the Great Recession. All these are topics. I just it's pulled out of the you know this almost eight month long conversation that you and I have been having, and again what I'm observing in the market, and it's just to me. Again, it maybe comes back to something I said a minute ago. It's just this signal, this mark, this marker in time mm-hmm. that we will look back on and and realize that it was the precursor to the next cycle, <laughs> the next market cycle, the next building cycle, the next uh, bull market rush. I mean, I think so much is changing. Uh, every industry being affected every industry being affected from you know your your physical retail locations through to the supply chain and the producers and the artists and the creators and all the economics of all of that changing yesterday i think the dollar being equated to the euro and i'm looking at that and i'm saying you know that's an economic headline but i'm looking at that and i'm saying the world is flat the the mm-hmm. thomas Fried, tom friedman you know uh I, I almost need to pull that book off the shelf of what did he talk about in terms of currencies 20 years ago? But to get $1 equal to one euro, equal to one Bitcoin, equal to one Ethereum, equal to one gold, equal to one, then it's all just equal across the board. And I know that's it, it a pipe all makes dream, but so much more sense though. I mean, that when the euro and the dollar hit parity, it, it really does. Le- it levels everything, right? There's no longer, I mean, the euro should never have been worth double in the first place. It's like one of those funny magic tricks of accounting that Europe and the union did to like have an advantage over the US, which has so many other advantages. Um, and even London, you know, for all the crap that the UK gets, London was like, no guys, we all know where this is headed. It's headed to parity. You know, sorry, the pound sterling is still almost one and a half times or whatever it is, right? They're, they still come out looking like smarty pants because they didn't fall into the trap of trying to like coalesce the, the whole of the continent. Um, you know, but some of the signals and indicators that you say, I think is also really important to kind of touch on again, which is sometimes those signals are small. Like sometimes it's, a, it's, the, it's the detail that you see it kind of starts to tell about the shifting trends. And when I think about what you said about Zuck and about all the new stuff they're doing, when I saw that list of the different types of verticals within the cryptography space that you're touching every day from your, your post is, uh, you know, something that I personally wrestle with our company is that you have to manage uh, ADA compliance on all fronts whenever you publish things like web pages, right? Um, and ADA compliance, which is the accessibility for disabilities, um, is painful and antiquated. And we're at a point now where when you think about, well, if I'm putting on AR goggles or I'm putting on VR goggles or I'm holding a device that has haptic feedback or I'm going on the list of the things that metaverse tech is starting to bring and all the things in between today and like, you know, Elon's neural neural chip, but everything included starts making me realize, well, there's entire industries of regulation and compliance that are going to just disappear when web browsers or whatever the future web three version of that is, it's metaverse enabled are never going to have to consider. No one's ever going to have to instrument a page with code to handle an edge case. Like I, I imagine a future where that just gets washed out and we forget the same way that, you know, the memory of the internet is fickle, right? When we talk about the birth of web two, 
or birth of web one, you pick whatever the window is and you call out it, you know, well, this is the company that really started this. And this is the company that started this. And you say, like, it was Amazon. And then it was, you know, this, and we had Netflix from streaming and Facebook, all these things, but no one really remembers all those ones that just fell on their face and got left in the dust. And I feel like the same way that pets.com is something that literally no one who's under the age of 30 even knows what it is. Um, and the same way that like, I think that no one's going to even remember what the nuances of publishing content to a web page required, because there is so much history that web three, I just feel like needs to leave in the, in the dust. No one needs to know those little particulars. Um, you know, like no one needs to know the name, the size, the location of the gasket on the car engine from 30 years yeah. ago. It's just, it's just lost knowledge and we're only looking forward. So I'm, I feel like those little indicators to me, like you're saying, are those trends. Like sometimes they're in tech, sometimes they're not. But we're at a, we're this year, 2022. I feel like it's going to be a year we'd say. I mean, the whole industry changed. It, it was pandemic, and it was the whole industry of tech. I I don't know how I feel. Like we just got on ADA compliance because you and I have not talked about this. At least I don't think I've shared this story. But uh, Natalie Trevone during metaverse fashion week, she was the, the blind fashion designer that yep. we worked with. And I think we did talk about this. So I ran into the three artist, uh, this guy, Ernest at NFT NYC. I hadn't met him in person before. So this is a couple of weeks ago. And I told him one of the things I said to him was we need to revisit that dress because something Natalie said to me during one of the interviews that we had done and, and just in the storytelling and, and, uh, getting to know her and, and how the project came to be and what we were building together. Um, she described to me uh, a television show that she was watching. Uh, it might have been Bridgerton where Netflix had really gone a, over and above. T stop me if I've told you this story, but no, they had, I haven't heard it. They, they went over and above in terms of um, uh, sort of the, I don't want to call it ADA compliance, but it was more the accessibility that they built into the show with, there was a narrator describing the fashion on mm. the screen. And she said, it wasn't like your typical screen reader or your typical show that would have somebody, you know, reading the subtitles or, or just narrating the show. She said it was like the person themselves was a fashion designer and they were describing the the luscious textures of the velvet robe and and how it shined in the light as the person walked through the window and really taking mm. a completely elegant and eloquent approach to describing this scene and this fashion stuff to somebody who cannot see and she was saying like how important that was and um and there were other fashion brands that specifically, I think, I think we did talk about like Tommy Hilfiger does a really good job of adding uh, buttons into the shirts so that you can feel them or, or almost things that um, like in the tags, you know what color t-shirt it is, that sort mm. of thing. Um, all of that to be said, the, the project that I want to revisit with this is how do we make sure that the metaverse is quote, ADA accessible for accessible. everyone. Exactly. And that's where I, I was just picking back up on that. I know it's a long way around, but, um, no, that's what I mean is that, that, that tech offers like everyone thinks, Oh, VR goggles. I got to put them on and look through my, my working eyes, or I have to put on these headphones for my ears or whatever. But the combination of how you can, how the, the metaverse is in itself, it, like its own sensory deprivation chamber light 
um, you can yeah. get, you can communicate so much. And like the Bridgerton example is, is perfect because I've heard some of the scene readers they call them, where if you're watching a show, you can turn on some. I forget like some shows on Netflix. Maybe it was on Amazon Prime. It was here and there. It might have been Peaky Blinders. I forget. But I remember having it on a setting, and it was bizarre. I'm like, what's happening? I'm like, oh, in between dialogue, there's someone reading to me what's happening. Yeah. The person says something like, hey, Arthur, what are you doing over there? And then suddenly someone, as a guy's walking over, says, Tommy walks over to Arthur and sits down in a chair next to him. And then, it, <laughs> and then the next person starts talking. And someone's like doing a color play-by-play of what they're seeing. Not, not anything close to the Bridgerton level of fashion you're describing. Right, but but... You're, you're seeing how – and imagine if I don't have the ability to use my hands and I have to rely on haptic feedback and I have to use sort of – objects in the air uh, in order to accomplish things, you know, individually. There's just so many layers of this that when you got, you kind of got me on thinking about this, because when Meta, you know, Meta is trying to basically become the on-ramp for all human beings to the Metaverse. And if they're going to be bespoke Metaverses, like you're going to need to come through Meta and likely through some to version of Facebook or Insta create to create, to come into their place. And, they're going to keep it in that closed world like they always like to do. Sorry, Google, can't search my images. Sorry, Google, can't index my videos. This is all our little place. And gosh, if you want to go to Google's metaverse, go ahead. But, you know, good luck. How about that Android app store? That's pretty crappy. You know, how, you know, it's going to start to become maybe they're going to rebrand it Wave, Google Wave. Remember that one? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God, the Wave. <laughs> Look, when we're just describing like how the humans are reading that, the other place I went to was we, we talked about Dolly and Crayon and, and the from a text prompt, from a text prompt, creating an image, the reverse is the same. The computer vision is going to be so good that whatever image gets created, the ability for the computer vision to simply describe it back in text form, that now all of a sudden that network between descriptions and meta descriptions, which is, you know, where the, the web two world was focused in on how you, you added that, that language, those to describe metadata, the, meta right, tags, metadata, right? That's what this is. And now you can move between these different realities using that data. You can look at the visual, you can look at the words, you can hear what it sounds like, you can touch it, uh, depending on how you want to experience whatever period. And I can go to my clients and I can say the powers that be in tech have just intermediated the need to have a, yet another human go look at all of these photos and write alternative metadata text and go to these videos like that. It should just be that the computer sees things clearer than you do when it comes down to it. So it really makes me see, you know, the dystopian future of the, 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 the pot, the real possibility for that sort of mass unemployment. Um, and maybe that's what we're seeing right now, right? Like maybe that's what's happening right now. Uh, although the employment numbers and, Everything that came out from the Fed, uh, from the jobs numbers last week said that that was the indicator that the the analysts used to say that we were not in a recession. I don't know if you caught any yeah. of that. Yeah, um, I listen to the whole way they, they parse that data and say that. And, it, and it, it does feel like it's a little bit of picking and choosing the right data points to kind of tell the story that you want. But I think what you just described, the dystopian thing, is something that I've kind of been maybe hinting around at, but you kind of clarified it for me, which is, you know, the pandemic has a way of, shrouding and clouding a lot of things it does uh, has effects over on the side that are unanticipated 
Um, you know, we've all, we've talked through this and it's not about, you know, we don't need to talk about personal psychology and how everyone's changed their outlook. But what, one of the things that everyone talks about is, well, people have become more aware of how they spend their minutes and their time. And they don't want to spend it in their quote unquote dead end job. They don't want to do it for things that they don't think are valuable. They don't want to just say they have pure brand loyalty and do whatever the brand wants. If they don't like what they're doing at work and the customers aren't happy, the customer or the client, uh, employees aren't happy, the employee can just quit and go find a new job. So you have this empowerment story. Pandemic has given people, has woken them up and empowered them to take control of their life and their minutes. And so we're seeing all these you know, need, need help hiring now signs at every window. But like you're saying at the same time that for the last two and a half, three years, no one's been working. The government's been just cutting checks and being like, Hey, everyone keep, take care of your mental health and feed your baby's formula. If you can find it. Well, then suddenly we're going to come to a place where it says, well, okay, now I'm ready. Now, now I'm ready. I know what I want to do. I'm going to go do this job. Oh, I'm sorry. While you were not working, we actually created a blockchain system, a bot, an algorithm, an AI interface that totally does your job. Amazon, by the way, just took all the market baggers and checkers out of the equation. And then the next thing, and then the next thing. And then all of a sudden you wake up and realize, oh my God, there isn't any jobs for me anymore unless I'm in tech because I took the time to take myself out of the workforce to focus on myself. And I come back and the workforce has moved on. That's a dystopian like nightmare that I think that you're I, it's a timing thing, right? It's a timing thing. The next couple of years are going to be that. They're going to tell that story. But I, I feel um, it coming. It really is the software eating the world. Um, I unfortunately am going to have to leave it there. Uh, it's always a pleasure to get the wheels turning and to pull those threads all the way from, you know, the the collapse of a of a stable coin to where we just went, uh, and, and and what is being built. So, until next time, sir. It's been a pleasure. Until next time, I hope that you don't ever go to a bank in the metaverse and try to get a withdrawal, and then the metaverse bank is also closed <laughs> because that would bring it full circle. Real-world problems in the metaverse. But, yeah, so, thank you, man. Sorry, sir. There's, there's no money left. All right. Off the record, <laughs> on the rocks.